episode of Fratello on Air. I'm Mike Stockton, coming to you from Parkland, Florida. What? And I'm Bola Schrenzi, coming to you from Karlsruhe, Germany. (laughs) (laughs) And my name is Jorg Weppelink, and I am actually in The Hague in the Netherlands. Jorg? International podcast. Can you say, I love gold? Ich liebe gold. No, say it with that Dutch accent. Okay, I love gold. But that's not a Dutch accent, is it? No, in uh, Gold Member, Austin Powers, he says, I oh. love gold. Yeah. Can you do it? Well, no, but that's not even a Dutch accent. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Mike. Sorry to burst the bubble. but <laughs> We have more and more people listening to this podcast who enjoy hearing uh, me ask Robert John to say things from that movie, and he has no clue what I'm asking him, and he says it anyway. So... <laughs> <laughs> we've had a couple of people almost drive off the road anyhow <clears throat> so how are you guys <laughs> go ahead Balash, tell I'm, I'm okay no i'm i'm not gonna say what i said before we started recording i'm just gonna say what what we can say in the podcast and i don't want to edit too much so please try to um you know stay within the lines no i'm okay actually um I was in the office last week, uh, as Jörg knows, for Watches and Wonders, um, simply because my internet is no good at home. And it was a good good um, change of scenery for a week. But sadly, due to the numbers in, uh, in well, Karlsruhe and Baden-Württemberg, from next week on, our office will be closed again. So I will be in home office. But um, yeah, other than that, nothing special. I do my runnings. Do you do, you do your runnings, Mike, in Florida? I do. I've got to do it early, though, because it's warm already. True, true. Yeah, not here. Yeah, I see that. doesn't look very sunny there either. Dude, it was it was snowing last Wednesday or oh, Thursday. Wow. Wednesday, I think. It was a snowstorm. Yeah. What's up with the Netherlands, York? Same old, same old. As in, it is, it's also chilly, quite chilly here. And it was also snowing last week or even this week. I don't even remember, but. It's been snowing quite a bit. And, um, well, we had a busy uh, two weeks, actually. So uh, going into the Fratello headquarters to uh, check on some uh, new watches that were introduced, see how they are, and work a lot from home, actually covering uh, all the releases from uh, Watches and Wonders 2021. So, uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a hectic but a good couple of weeks. So uh, mostly, uh, mostly busy with work. Unfortunately, I cannot play tennis at the moment. Because I'm injured, so uh, that's always a nice break from uh, from work. But did you, pull a, did you pull a hammy? <laughs> I actually pulled a, a ligament under my foot during a sprint, which was uh, kind of unfortunate. So uh, um, I'll be out for at least f- three to four weeks. So and this is the it's been two weeks now. So there's another two weeks to go, and I have to say it's uh, it's still pretty painful. So. Uh, I think I think Balash, you ought to illegally travel across the border and uh, bring that 
that uh, knife that we got from Doxa and just hack that foot off of uh, Jorgen. <laughs> I would play yeah, yeah, wheelchair tennis, right? <laughs> I'd love to put it in my hand luggage next time I fly and, <laughs> and, just, and just, rec- just record the facial expressions when I pull out this big orange Rambo knife <laughs> with like a 50-inch like blade. I don't know. It's huge. It's like a saber. Yeah. Um, I have it somewhere in storage. I think that's the correct term. <laughs> I don't know where it is. In storage somewhere. There you go. Yeah, useful thing. Yeah. So I am over here in a much different continent. And I have to say watching Watches and Wonders from afar was weird. You know, you wake up here um, on the East Coast and everything's pretty much already going on or has gone on. So you're reading all the, uh, the recaps and everything's. So, you know, it, it is a case where Europe is a, is a nice central place to be time zone wise. But I have to tell you guys, I, um, of course, been talking to colleagues in my other work who are mostly in Germany. And those are folks who are from all over Europe, especially my Italian colleagues who miss the sun and everything. And, Oh, it's nice over here. I've, I don't mean to say that in such a bad way, but it's, it's been nice to, um, see the water and some heat and stuff like that. You know, I, I talked to a lot of Americans and they have changed, uh, their location during all this, you know, for a month or two at a time. And I can only imagine, you know, if you had the capability to do that and go somewhere where the weather is pretty decent for a while, uh, it does make this a bit more bearable. It's still there, but bearable right yeah vitamin d helps a lot yeah no kidding so yeah so let's um we're going to talk today um we're we're each going to give a couple of our favorites not necessarily from watches and wonders but really from the last week or so ago of releases because there were some brands that were not associated with watches and wonders who also released some things and i think they make up at least one of our choices here so we wanted to just talk through some of our favorite things Um, But we'll kick things off as we always do, which is uh, with a wrist check. So, Jorg, I see you um, looking down on the ground. I don't know what you're doing, but why don't you talk to us about what you're wearing on that uh, jean-jacketed wrist today? (laughs) Well, it's a familiar watch for you. You've seen it quite a couple of times in Balazs as well. It's um, it's my Seiko Sumo, actually, the first-generation Sumo, the uh, SBDC001. Um, I don't wear it too often, but um, I wore it today. And um, I must say, every time I uh, put it around the wrist, it's uh, it's a rather lovely watch to actually uh, to wear. Um, I wear it on a uh, suede um, cream-colored strap, which is... A bit too well. I wouldn't say yeah. It's a bit too flimsy actually for the watch because it's a rather substantial watch, obviously. But um, as we all know, the original bracelet it comes on is not the best of bracelets. So uh, um, I'll probably switch uh, to a uh, rubber strap soon uh, because that um, those rubber straps that Psycho actually makes are pretty good for the watch. So uh, yeah, that's what I'm uh, rocking uh, today. You should talk to Balash. He knows a thing or two about straps. Sure does. Strap on. Strap off. Yes, I do. And thanks to Jorg, now I have a new supply of straps for the strap review after a True. Eh, four, to, four to six month delay, I should say, <laughs> um, due to some technical difficulties. 
Um, anyways, yes, so new straps, uh, actually pretty cool ones coming, the strap review. And um, also worth mentioning before I jump on my watch that finally the Unimatic jersey, football jersey arrived. Also thanks to York, it was in the same package. Um, we want to give a shout out to Hermes Germany. I, as I said, I don't want to edit a lot, so I would not say anything other than thank you for your service. It's been appreciated. And, uh, you know, make it what you will of that. Um, so, yeah, Mike's uh, jersey, I think, is with York. It and is. And mine is now with me because I think we haven't mentioned that, but the last time the three of us talked, we we, we briefly mentioned that uh, Unimatic released um, a football jersey uh, quote-unquote football jersey like soccer jersey um and they were kind enough to send us a few because we were fans of it and i just received mine and it's a very very cool uh, piece of gear i should say um and uh york you want to fill us in before i shall i talk about my watch first i don't know which one do you prefer no actually about the jersey you mean yeah, yeah. because yeah, you know are- the name i don't know the name of the guy yeah, actually, he's a Japanese designer who um, his name is Mihara Yasuhiro. Um, he's a uh, he's a uh, clothing and shoe designer from Japan who actually worked with uh, Puma back in the day. That's I think f- fifteen years ago. So, uh, and he has his own design studio and his own clothing label. And um, the the guys from Unimatic actually have those football jerseys made. Um, with their name on them from uh, from his uh, label, so it's pretty good stuff actually. And um, I um, I have one for you, Mike. It's uh, on its way as soon as you uh, return to Germany, and um, we might have one for a future prize in one of the giveaways. We actually might do one for Tello uh, in the future. So um, so if we all put if we all put on those jerseys, can we do a rap video? <laughs> well, they're shiny, so they're shiny and black. <laughs> <laughs> just nice. how you like it mike nice so um yeah yes my watch is a uh a review piece that i received not too long ago and that's the klok-01 blue note by what's the brand jorg is it Oris? no clockers clockers oh uh excuse me i uh um... clockers Cloakers, cloakers. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a cool piece. It's a very interesting watch. I quite like it. I have to say, um, it's uh, it's going to be on Fratello soon, so I don't really have to say anything about it right now. But it's a it's a, a rather large watch. <clears throat> I think it's forty four uh, millimeters or so, and um, it has a quartz movement. But the cool thing is that you can, well, by a push of a button, you can remove the case from the strap, and basically you can you can put it on different straps. But you can also use it as a clock because Clocker sells these uh, leather pouches and things like that with it. You can use it as a pocket watch of some sort and that kind of stuff. So it's uh, yeah, that's my my uh, watch choice for the day. Nice. There you go, Mike. So, you know, I, I decided to come over here for a month and in doing so, I needed to try to pick something that I could live with for a month. And okay, that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, but anyhow, I, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to change watches that frequently. And I just didn't want to bring a bunch of them because I needed to go back through the border. And I brought my 36 millimeter 
Rolex Explorer 14270 from the late 90s. So this is the watch that was pretty much on my wrist day in and day out for about 13 years until I moved to Europe and then got infected by the collecting bug. And since then, yeah, I wear it probably every couple few weeks. And it's been pretty nice to wear it consistently now for two weeks and will be another two weeks. So good watch. I had it recently serviced by uh, Paul Diva up there in the Netherlands. And <laughs> I, uh, I was out on a boat last week and I knew I was going to uh, jump into the, uh, into the bay in of Miami. Of course you were on a boat, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Jesus and um, <laughs> so anyhow, I, I'm on this boat and I shoot Paul a note and I'm like, Hey, by the way, I was like, did you pressure test this thing? <laughs> and um, he said, yep, all new <laughs> gaskets, everything. So anyhow, it went in the ocean. It's still okay. So he did his job. He didn't forget to uh, put in a gasket somewhere. So that's what I've got on my wrist, which I think is fairly appropriate um, because, and we're actually not going to talk about the Rolex Explorer today, but all I will say is I'm glad to see the Explorer back in its rightful diameter. Yeah. So there we go. Well, it, it is a perfect... Uh, segue into our topic, even though we're not talking Rolex. So like I said, we each picked a couple watches that, that we found pretty exciting uh, during this release period. And I uh, would say just in looking at this and getting a preview of these watches, they are really all over the map in terms of pricing, in terms of brand. So I'm, I'm pretty pleased that Everybody kind of went into their own corner and came up with a couple watches. We didn't have have any duplicates or anything. So I would like to ask Jorg to go first. Jorg. Yes, sir. Well, my first pick is um, was one that was um, released fairly early on uh, the first day of Watches and Wonders, and that's the Lange Unzerner Triple Split in pink gold. And it comes now with a blue dial. And just seeing that watch, I know, Mike, you covered it for Fratello, and um, it was just a wow uh, when I saw it, actually. Um, because the initial version that were, was released in 2018 was um, white gold and had a gray dial, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So that was rather, yeah, rather monochromatic when you in its appearance. But this one was, um, yeah, this one was a, is a proper stunner, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's an amazing watch. Um, I think um, you know more of the details, Mike, than I do. You covered it for Fratello on... Um, um, technically, nothing has really changed, right, compared to the to the first, uh, first model. No, nothing changed. Um, but, you know, I so I wrote this up, and, and this really isn't my typical type of watch um, that I would cover or... or naturally gravitate towards, but I agreed to write it up. And I, of course, did a lot of reading about it when, uh, when I started creating the article and pretty darn impressive. Um, you know, it actually led me to going to the long a site and looking at other watches like the Saxonia and some other things there. And, you know, long a is one of those brands that certainly gets thrown around in the same discussions as like Patek and, and, this watch is just, it's pretty unbelievable. You know, you got the ability to measure two times for up to mm -hmm. 12 hours, right? So it's not 
I don't want to say it's not just a normal split seconds because already a split seconds uh, feature is pretty special. Um, but you know, the thing yeah. I, I really like about it, Jorg, and, and I put one picture in the article. Um, I, I like the the design of the watch and everything. But if you flip this thing over and just look at the depth of this movement, that's it, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's incredible, right? Five hundred and sixty-seven um, individual components. I mean. It doesn't get any any more impressive than that. If you look at it, it's yeah, it's amazing. I mean, um, I think I'm staring each, at the picture now. Each one of those components is roughly three hundred euros, right? Oh yeah, the the, <laughs> the list price for this beast is hold <laughs> your horses is one hundred and fifty nine thousand four hundred euros. Yeah, just wait for my pick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, I have this thing with I like obviously I like Lange. A lot of people like Lange as um and I discussed this with Balash, I think, um um some time ago. I think my favorite chronograph is actually the um the Lange eighteen fifteen chronograph in uh, in um, pink gold with a black dial and black strap. And that's I mean that's already a lot of money, but this is this is truly next level. And but that's not just next level because of the price. Like as you said, the the movement itself is a thing of sheer beauty, actually, and that's what everybody's raving about as well. It's uh, it's such an amazing piece. Um, how could you not pick it? Is almost the question I would ask. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think it was a great pick, and um, I mean. We'll, we'll segue over to you, Balash, because I guess you uh, sort of stay on a somewhat similar theme, but you basically take uh, Jorg's watch and kick it to the curb in terms of pricing. <laughs> yeah, this is mine is is uh, the Lange on steroids. Um, I also picked uh, a chronograph. I also picked a split chronograph. But my pick is, well, there haven't been too many. Um, Split second chronographs and watches and wonders. So if you know the lineup, and you probably know that it's the Vashon Constantin Traditionnel Split Second Chronograph Ultra Thin Collection Excellence Platine, which is uh, an incredibly beautiful to me, anyways, uh, split second chronograph in a platinum case. It's not as deep movement wise as the Lange, but it's still a pretty pretty nice uh case back if you flip the watch over it's a it's a 950 platinum case 42.5 diameter millimeter diameter which is i think it's a great size obviously it's it's a modern size but i can imagine it's work works well with the watch and it's only 10.7 millimeter thick so it's not only that it's not deep but it's like super thin for what it is right mm. um it has a transparent uh, as i said display case back sapphire display case back um I mean, just uh, an amazing uh, timepiece, I have to say. The caliber uh, 3500 uh, movement inside with this, um, the, you know, with the, the rotor, it's an automatic movement. And the rotor is like on the, on the side of the, the movement of the caliber. It's a peripheral rotor, 22 karat gold, uh, 48 hours of power reserve. So, you know, all those details, you can find it on, on um, Fratello. And the price is around 280 plus thousand dollars in euros uh, only 15 pieces made it's limited edition but it's a it's a simple watch right it's a platinum case as i said it's a, a beautiful silver dial blue hands blue second hands um yeah i love it it's it's the aesthetics the 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 movement the price not so much 
but I think it's just a wonderful piece. So uh, that's my that's my first pick from Watches and Wonders. I really enjoyed that watch, uh, reading about it. it. It's, I think, so my dad and I, he likes watches. He was taking a look at all the new stuff. And he actually mentioned this one, you know, just from an aesthetic standpoint and everything. And wow, it is incredible looking. It's um, super toned down, like a real sleeper watch. And man, that rotor on the back and everything, how it looks like it kind of goes around a little railroad track almost. <laughs> True. <It's, laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, there's small the small details, you know, like the the cross um, uh, on the the column wheel. If mm. you look at the pictures, you can oh, see yeah. that the cross <laughs> under the under the column wheel is the the, the Russian Maltese cross is a Maltese cross. cross. Yeah. Yep. So it's a yeah, it's a it's a beautiful piece. And um, uh, as I said, if I had the cheddar, then I probably wouldn't have it anymore. But you'd I had the watch. You'd flatten them with uh, platinum. It's even more expensive than we actually thought. I mean, mentioned it's three hundred and fifteen thousand euros. Jorg, yeah. Jorg, wow. if you can spend two eighty, you can spend three fifteen. You know, right? Well, <laughs> you have to, if you have to ask the ask the price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's two eighty-eight dollars. So you're, we, you're in the wrong department, right? <laughs> there you go. I think but, I guess we all are. <laughs> but if you want, I can get one for you in the U.S. for two eighty-eight and bring it over. It's cheaper than than in Europe. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Imagine that casually walking through with a yeah. quarter of a million. <laughs> Good luck at customs, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I know somebody that has some stories about like, yeah, some crazy no box with <laughs> size of your suitcase. Maybe, maybe I should go through Switzerland first, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you were lucky the last time. So I have one question. I guess the dial, the, the dial must be made out of platinum as well, because yeah. um, you know I know Omega usually puts the uh, dial material on there. I just find it kind of funny on this otherwise just stunning dial that's got this PT nine fifty at four thirty. It's yeah. sort of like a I don't know. Is that necessary? I don't know. But it is a platinum dial with uh, the the tachymeter scale. I guess they just do it because it's it looks and it looks good, doesn't it? I mean, it's a Does classy it? watch. I I don't know. I think it's a it's a classy watch, and that little uh, thingy adds a bit of fun to it, as far as I'm concerned. Otherwise, it just looks very yeah elegant, which which I don't mind. But I think that little little uh, license plate on it looks funny. Well, I will have to say it's we have to be fair. It's not printed in black. It's printed in this light gray, so it doesn't really stand out as well. Isn't that sort of like keeping the sticker on your 5950 hat, your new era? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, it's it's a bit pretentious, but then, I mean. It's 315 yeah. grand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the least of your problem. Yeah. Fair exactly. Enough. Fair enough. I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a humble buyer if you buy it. <laughs> Yeah. Or if you forget it, what is this watch? Uh, let me check. Ah, yeah, that's platinum. That's a 950 platinum. Yeah. Oh, platinum. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. No, it's a nice piece, I think. But it's, I mean, the Lange is a beautiful watch as well. And, and they're very different. They're very similar, obviously, with the complication, but yeah. they're very different. But, but uh, yeah, the Lange is only uh, 160. Psh. Yeah. So uh, it's also a bigger watch, right? So the um, that's a, I think that's the main difference if you look at these two that the uh, the Vacheron is uh, has a lot slimmer profile than the Lange. Absolutely, ultra thin. So I, you know, I could have picked another split second because it it is in this family. It is 
literally an order of magnitude less expensive than Jorg's pick. Uh, but I'm actually going with a chronograph that is a traditional chronograph, and I chose the Breitling Premier Chronograph 40. And um, I think that you know the, the releases from Breitling, Breitling, which came out on April 6th, the day before Watches and Wonders, conveniently, were tremendous this year. There, there were three different chronographs uh, released. There was the, the Chronograph 40, which I'll talk about, the duograph uh, 42 which is a split second in-house manual wine movement and the uh daytora with the uh with the full calendar on there um i thought all of them looked unbelievable and uh i chose the chronograph 40 for a couple reasons a um that's the one that would fit me and number two i like the well i like they came out with a, a a red gold version and a steel version. And the steel version has this pistachio green dial, which, you know, may or not be for me in person, but I really, the more I look at it, love it. And I think it's kind of a wild color. I know green is the thing, but this is the first color like that I've seen in a long time. And the watch itself is a very traditional looking chronograph. It certainly, you know, takes cues from, premieres from the 40s and 50s, um, obviously upsized in a 40 millimeter case that's good for 100 meters of water resistance, and it uses the um, the in-house B09 uh, hand-winding caliber, which is chronograph certified with 70 hours of power reserve, and the steel one retails for 7,400 euros. And look, I, I said it in the article, and I'm kind of curious what you guys think, but you know, there really doesn't exist anymore any kind of like sort of dressy chronograph with an in-house movement um, at all. And the, let, let's say that approachable sort of luxury space, you know, otherwise you're talking about something like, okay, a Speedmaster is manual wine, but it's kind of, it's hardly a dress watch, right? And other than that, you're really talking about the expensive companies, some of the ones that we just spoke about, you guys just mentioned. So yeah. I'm not saying that the, the world is screaming for, you know, a 7,000 or 10,000 euro dress chronographed with an in-house manual wine movement, but it is kind of interesting that they sort of have, have this all to themselves right now. I don't know. What do, what do you guys think about these releases? I I, I thought they were beautiful no the, the, that's not my color i have to say i like the aesthetics i like the design i like the other two pieces but this green is is i uh, i don't know this is not your everyday watch as far as i'm concerned mm. uh, now did you for see this the, much money did you see the gold version for example the black one um, well, in the 40 millimeter, the gold version has a silver dial with, you know, red mm. gold hands and everything. I think it's gorgeous. Ah, that one, ah sorry. No, no, no. I, I thought you meant the, 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 the from chronograph. Yeah, exactly. Now the, the 40 millimeter one, the, the gold one is, is nice. That's actually, that looks very classy, very classical and very classy. Actually, that looks nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. True. They're nice. They're different, obviously, than what you expect from Breitling, right? Because these are not re-editions per se, like the previous ones, like the, the, the AVI and stuff we talked about previous episodes. Um, but I, 
I, I keep going back and like, you look at this watch. I mean, here again, 40 millimeters, um, manual wine movement, and just a classy looking watch. Could you have ever pictured five years ago going into uh, a jewelry store into the Breitling uh, section and seeing a watch that looks like this? I don't think five so. Years ago, five years ago, I wouldn't be going to, to the Breitling section. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, geez, they remember they were like showing us these massive yeah. watches with like Avengers and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, no, you're right. I, I get I guess what you mean. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you get the Breitling for Bentleys and the Avengers, the big black and the rubber strap. That was really, uh, yeah, completely different path they yeah. took back then. I think I made the comment on another podcast that. You know, I read a lot about cars and whenever you read the comments section, especially about sports cars, you have people complaining that oh, they don't make uh, cars with manual transmissions anymore, right? And the enthusiasts get all angry and all this stuff. They're like, oh, you know, I want a third pedal and I want to shift the gears. And of course, you know, the companies every so often will listen and then nobody buys it. And, you know, here you have a case where everybody screams for manual line movements all the time, especially, you know, the curmudgeons. And I'm going to be very interested to see if these sell. Now, knowing Breitling within three, four or five months, we will have other colors too. I would assume more traditional colors and things like that. So if you don't like green, I totally get it. It's a, it's a bit of a polarizing color, but I'm going to be really interested to see how these sell because it definitely does speak to the um, to the enthusiast crowd for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, they do, and I I also saw them um, before the drop, obviously from the same source you did, Mike. Um, and I, I like them, and I do like I, I, the the color. This this uh, pistachio green is really not my favorite. That's true, but the watches. I I quite like them. I like the design. Obviously, you and I we both vintage guys and love vintage chronographs. So it's this, this is a parallel, I guess. Um, and I like the one with the blue dial, uh, oh, yeah. the Dude the rotor. Exactly the rotor with the with the with the blue dial. It's really beautiful. So interesting, very interesting path from Breitling, uh, as you said, especially compared to five or ten years ago. Uh, we should not look back. We should we should look that decade over. Go back to the '80s or the early '90s. Nah, rather the '80s, I guess. Um, and then forget about the rest until the last few years. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, it's a clever move as well because the regular uh, Premier forty is forty two with the um, with the self winding movement, right? So, Correct. like Mike said, this is actually appealing for the for the hardcore Breitling um, enthusiast who looks for something a tad bit smaller. So, I think it's a really clever move that they actually uh, introduced it um, in a smaller case size. Yeah, especially when everybody goes bigger and bigger, right? These days, forty two, forty three. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Jorg, what's your second pick? Are you ready for something um, crazy? <laughs> More crazy than the uh, Lange? Price-wise, no. But um, as far as um, out there More watches, like... More one. crazy than the AP, Black Panther? <laughs> Oh, let's not get, not get into that, right? <laughs> no, this is that was a conceptual watch. Let's uh, let's call it that. And this one is as well. Um, first off, I have to say I was um, I was impressed by the um, the presentation that um, of um, 
the IWC presentation. I was impressed with that because it was focusing on one collection, um, additions to the pilots, um, pilots watch family. Um, so it was one clear message, uh, one line of watches. And, um, I think the, um, the conceptual watch they actually presented was also, was also great because it was in line with their pilots watches. And, um, um, it's the um, IWC Big Pilots Watch Shock Absorber XPL, which is like a, a mouthful. But um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but it's um, um, it's a rather um, extreme watch. Actually, um, it's a um, it's a watch that was developed to withstand um, shocks in the excess of thirty thousand G. So um, I mean, it's it's completely bonkers, actually. Um, and I talked to uh, to Ben, our uh, Fratello teammate, as well, and he said, "Well, it's impressive, but would you want? I wouldn't want to be in a situation where that's necessary, and that's all, <laughs> that's obviously not what it's uh, what it's about." No, it, I think what what they pulled off is they made a um, in case console inside the case. They have a construction um, that can actually withstand the power. It's a really clever construction. Um, I have to be honest with you; I'm not up to speed on all the details, but. Um, when I saw this, I was like, uh, "What? What is this?" And they have a. Um, let me quickly. Is like a cer ceramic and titanium thingy, like an alloy yes. that's like a hybrid. Yeah, the the case is ceritanium, which is like an alloy made out of titanium and ceramic. But inside the case, there is what they call the spring protect system. And that is actually the key to making sure the movement is not um, hit on impact, um, which is um, which is a rather. Um, um, that crazy, crazy construction actually, and um, they developed and tested with the University of Cambridge. Um, so, and the shock resistance is just, yeah, it's bonkers. Like I, like I told you, it's um, it's amazing. But it also, what I thought it was clever when I saw this one is not just the fact that it is um, can with, withstand those kinds of um, shocks, but it comes inside a forty-four millimeter serotonium case and. Um, what you often see, and we saw this a couple of times as well during Watches and Wonders this year, if you have a conceptual watch, it often also looks completely bonkers, right? So you have bonkers technique, and it also looks the part. And this um, was developed rather cleverly, I think, because the dial itself is very toned down. It's a black dial. It's very easy. It just have, has the numbers on there for the hours, and that's it. Um, there's um, not a lot going on, but it's what they what it. Uh, make sure is that all the focus if you look at it is on the construction actually because the construction is this yellow goldish color um, so it's a really clever way of, of designing this watch which you all know I'm pretty pretty focused on when I look at watches that's the first thing I actually uh, look at so um, just by seeing that I was like huh? okay this is this is weird I started reading about it and um, I think they um, they made a really um, they introduced a really nice watch um, uh, both from the concept and the way it looks so uh, I was really impressed by it um, it will be produced uh, for three years and they will produce 10 pieces uh, every year so it's going to be 30 pieces altogether and uh, which was funny that at first um, somebody asked in the chat um, uh, how much it uh, how much it would be list price and they wouldn't tell it but um so everybody i talked to was like oh this is going to be massively expensive um, close to uh, the watches we just discussed um it's not cheap 
but um, it is um, the price is eighty thousand Swiss francs. So it's um, yeah, it's it's quite a. Hmm. So I've got it up here on the website, and I agree with you. I think it's super cool looking, um, and it's funny. IWC has one picture of it on here, just the face, like no case back, nothing, um, which is odd, but. I like the design in the sense that it somehow brings me back a little bit to uh, IWCs, you know, during the GST area era and mm-hmm. uh, whole Porsche design time frame. It just looks very technical, which is neat. Um, and I, I don't love, all, you know, all the IWCs today. Um, th- this this is pretty cool. I mean, they look like they could actually make like a more affordable watch with maybe some of these qualities, but not you know, 30,000 G, you know, they could do something along that way and maybe yeah, exactly. a bit yeah, more yeah. Or Just keep the visual. Yeah. Just yeah. You can keep the, keep the case shape, even if it's not functioning the way this one does, but it's kind of this TV, uh, TV, uh, dial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's TV screen dial. What do you th- guys think of seeing the, the big, the big crown on there on the, in the case? Yeah. It's a big pilot, right? So the yeah. onion crown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is. It is. It's like the one reminder or the biggest reminder of what you're actually looking at, right? Yeah, that that and the hands, I guess. But uh, here's a question, York. Which one would you pick uh, out of your two watches? Would you go with the Lange or would you go with this one? If you and I mean, money aside, obviously, if you think about it, you know, like you can pick one watch and you can wear it. You should wear it. Obviously, you should enjoy it. You should use it. As I said. Money aside, which one would you go for? I have a I have a tip. I'll tell you if I if I guessed correctly or not. Do you say? <laughs> no, it's an easy choice. I would always pick the longer. Um, oh I yeah, like, yeah. I thought the IWC because of the looks. Sheesh. Um, yeah, I, I really love those looks. But um, if we're looking at horology, like in watchmaking tradition, um, just a sheer. Um, yeah, brilliance of Lange. It's, I mean, the construction of the IWC is great. I love the concept. I love uh, the looks of it, but it's nowhere near what Lange has pulled off with this uh, triple split. I mean, that's an easy choice. Well, weren't you going to tell him the second half of it is that no matter what you choose, you have to subject it and yourself to 30,000 Gs? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but as I said, like feature aside, I, I just thought because of the looks. Let me know. book a plane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they crash it into a mountain. Exactly. How is that? I don't That's what Ben said as well. Imagine, take a SpaceX plane and duct tape yourself to the front. What is it? I mean, if you're in a roller coaster, you get like three, four Gs when you actually go. I don't know what you got to do to do 30,000. So. That's it. So it's it's completely bonkers, but somehow it fits uh, it fits the concept and it fit the presentation uh, quite well that they actually pulled off. Uh, sorry, sorry, Balash, you were going to say something. Yeah, what I was saying is like I thought that because of the looks, because Jorg is this black on black, white on white, white on black guy. the The style of the IWC is very different different than the Lange, obviously, but it's just like this black with a tiny bit of gold. I think would fit him. It's kind of uh, or his style, basically. Yeah, Jorg is a Euro hipster, so it kind of does look like it uh, will go better well, with that, doesn't it? 
Well, I have my blue uh, blue denim jacket on, Mike. See, so now there it you go. Too, but no, but actually, um, if a oh, fair point, uh, Balas, um, going back to the Lange, actually, uh, uh, like I said, it was uh, introduced in 2018 in uh, white gold and with a gray dial, and that um, w- would usually be my first pick. But just seeing the the this version in blue is. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a piece. I cannot say cannot say any anything else. Um, it's really really great. But I have to be honest with you. I am um, uh, I'm also impressed by the blue dial that was actually that's actually in the Pilot's Chronograph 41 that IWC released. We had that in the office um, f- before Watches and Wonders. We were actually uh, we were lucky enough to go hands on with it, and um, the dial on that one is actually it's a really nice shade of blue, and it looks really really nice. So uh, no, it's not just strictly black or gray uh, for me to be honest with you, and. Uh, some uh, there's some change going on there. Yeah, I know you're not, but I, come on, guys. No, I understand work. you. Uh, you thought that would be my pick. <laughs> work, work with me on that one. You, know, you it, don't know me, Balash. <laughs> if, you, if you'd gotten yeah. a, if you'd gotten the thirty thousand G watch, you know what you should have done was like um, strap it to that inside of that huge dent that Gerard has on his sob. And make it look like uh, this thing withstood this huge accident. So. <laughs> it would evaporate. That car would disappear in, in a millisecond. <laughs> and it's gone. Well, yeah. I've got news for you guys. He sold it, actually. He sold the oh. sub? Wow. <laughs> he got it. What did he get? Yeah, a Subaru gone. or something? The... What, did he get? what did he end up getting? No, he got a, uh, what is it? The Lex- Lexus. Um, ah, that hybrid. What is it? The small Lexus one, the hybrid. Yeah. Uh, the, what is it? The 200? CT 200. That's a shame. I mean, great, great car, but a shame the Saab is gone. We called it as... He mm. got it in this nice really shade like. of dark brown. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. okay. okay. So I just did some I just did some research. It says a human can deal with 9G for a brief <laughs> moment. This is about the maximum G-force jet fighter pilots are exposed to in the tightest corners. Records are available of human surviving forces of 50G for an extremely short moment. But this often results in physical damage, if not death. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, Thirty thousand yeah. G's. Slight, uh, the, the, slight this overkill. This is more than off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slightly more. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Balash, pick number two for you. Yes, sir. My second pick is another classy piece, and this time it's the inline perpetual calendar reference fifty-two thirty-six P by. A tech Philippe. Uh, a beautiful watch. I'm not really a Patek guy. Um, I, I like their stuff, obviously. I, I appreciate the, the craftsmanship and what goes into creating those those um, marvels, but I'm really not that fond of the brand or whatever, but this is just a, a beautiful watch. Um, so it's an inline perpetual calendar, as I said. So the day, the date, and the month, they are all above, uh, well, below the 12 o'clock so at, or at the 12 o'clock position um, in line. So next to each other, there's separate uh, wheels for for uh, the two digits of the date and also one for the day and one for the month. And then there's a blue um, a moon face um, um, indicator at the six o'clock position. Yeah, I mean, you have to Google this watch and, and look it up. It's, it's really... Uh, a wonderful piece. Um, I watched the whole presentation um, of from Patek. Um, I think it was on Tuesday or Monday, one of the last days. And uh, this was the only one where I said, "Wow, this is this is truly spectacular." 
beautiful watch. And it comes on a bracelet, doesn't it? No, it comes on a leather. It's a it's a it's a blue um, dial, and it comes on a blue leather strap. That's also what I what I quite like. Yeah, yeah. That it's um, it's a pretty elegant piece. The the one that you're thinking uh, you're about or what you're talking about is the forty nine forty seven slash one A, and that comes on a bracelet. Oh uh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that I don't like because it you know. I have to say that watch looks like the the fake Pateks that you can buy in China. You know they always do these triple calendar thingies, and I, I don't I don't like the visuals of that that much. But this one, the the fifty two thirty six P, it's really a beautiful piece. And with this leather strap, amazing. So covered yeah. it for us, yeah. So I'm sure in person I would like it much better, but I just don't find this to be a really elegant watch i i feel like if um seiko or somebody came out with a watch with this many holes in the dial and different things people would give it a bunch of uh flack yeah and i also yeah yeah i do and and i also think like i really don't like how patek now puts their name on the dial it just looks big to me and I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. Also, I find like the lugs look too small and it just looks like sort of like balancing on these spindly little lugs that are too narrow. Um, I it's just don't true. like, I just don't like the watch. I have to tell you. I, I mean, I, I, I wish I did. Mm. I, I like you, I'm not a huge, uh, Patek guy. Like the, the only watch that I really like from them is the 5196 P the Calatrava. And I, they also came out with some new Calatravas with like fluted bezels I saw, which look a little bit loud to me as well. So I don't know. I'm, um, I'm yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing they're catering to a different audience, you know? Yeah. Ones to. with, ones with class, I guess. Not like me. We don't know which direction they go. <laughs> no, but it does uh, remind me a bit of, uh, school on Sunday. Yeah. It uh, reminds me a bit of the, um, of the fifty-two thirty-five fifty R, I wrote for an article on for Fertello, which is um, uh, it's just also a heavily discussed uh, watch. You'd say, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a regular uh, regulator style uh, display uh, from Patek, but that's not the the the, the thing that people um, discuss. Obviously, it's brilliant technically, but the style of that watch is also in line with uh, the one you picked, uh, Balash, and it's a bit more modern. It's a bit more, I think. I agree with Mike. It's a little less characteristic or something. It's And maybe that's why I like it. I don't know. Because the other one uh, with the bracelet, it's very Patek-like. And this, oh, is, yeah. what I, this is what I don't dig. Yeah. But this is also comes in a, in a Platinum 950 Platinum case. This is by accident, really. That both, both <laughs> really, it, it is. Both watches are Platinum. But it does come in a 950 Platinum case. And it's 41.3. So it's not not a, a huge watch, right? And the lock, lock to lock, lock tip to lock tip is 48. So... It's a it's a pretty pretty okay pretty large watch eleven point something millimeters uh, height or thickness um, twenty millimeter log so that's why it might look uh, a bit um, funny with the with the logs as Mike said mm-hmm. but yeah I don't know I mean it's 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 not your average Patek that's for sure well if there's a if there's an average Patek right so you're yeah. spending um, you're spending about five hundred thousand uh, <laughs> on two watches here Balash who cares. <laughs> Boom, yeah. This is this is also not a cheap one, but um, 
still, if I had to go with one, just like I asked you, I would still go with the Vacheron. Oh, would yeah. Still be my I pick. think there's no question about that. Yeah. No yeah. question. That the Vacheron, looks... I put it on a NATO strap. Obviously, I have to cut, cut down the excess from the back as, as they do these days. We have so, something more modest for us, Mike, as your second pick. Yeah, yeah. I, I Well, my both of my picks were modest compared to you guys who were uh, spending it like Balling water. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bowling so, out of control. So, so my my second one is um, man. It's the only one I guess without any kind of crazy uh, either complication or some sort of superpower like yours there, Jorg. Um, I picked the Tudor Black Bay Fifty Eight in silver. I'm I'm really like, uh, well, I was surprised by this watch. Yeah, okay, and also to some degree with its. Uh, 18 karat gold uh, twin. But, you know, to see a sterling silver case uh, is something that's just not that common these days. And I think it's been, what, 100 years since silver was really a... (laughs) That's what I want to say. It's not the 1920s anymore. Exactly, right? (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's a really, you know, left field type type release. And I think that you know, as somebody who, who enjoys seeing watches made out of different things, that that sort of turns me on here. Plus, I like the dial color. I like the fact that they didn't go with any, you know, Fotina or anything. And I think the whole thing looks good. It, mm-hmm. It's a curious watch because I think in dollars here, it retails for something like 4300 bucks, which is a few hundred dollars more than the Black Bay 58 on bracelet. So, you know, I, I think it will be very interesting to see how this whole thing plays out because sitting next to something on a stainless steel bracelet that is a tool watch, you know, same model for less money. I don't see this really being a massive seller after it, you know, after the initial hype burns off, but I think it's cool. Um, I don't like the fact that it has a display case back with a, rather undecorated movement. I think there was no reason to do that. And I actually think it would have been pretty cool with a solid case back, although maybe they didn't want, if it does tarnish, maybe they just didn't want that getting on people's wrist. I don't know. Or maybe you wouldn't use a, I I don't know what the case back is made of aside from the crystal, if it's silver as well. But anyhow, I like it. I was talking to a salesperson at the uh, AD near here, which was a pretty ho-hum experience. They had like, well, anyhow, Rolexes and stuff. They had nothing in stock. It was unbelievable. They had three watches there, three watches. And um, they did happen to have all the Black Bay 58s and the GMT in stock, which I still feel like in Europe and some boutiques is is a bit challenging. But I don't really shop Tudor that often, um, so I, so I wouldn't know. But he did tell me, um, yeah, they were very curious on the silver case because in a place like Florida, and this watch is um, available like on a nylon strap as as well as leather. It will be c- curious to see how it reacts with things like chlorine and pools and salt water, and you know, just the typical hot weather type of interactions you get in a in a place like here or any dive watch, right? So I, I don't know what they alloyed this silver with to try to ward off some, um, 
some tarnishing. And I will also be curious to see how it handles scratches and things like that. But I'm curious about it to the point that I would actually consider buying one. So that's um, that's where I stand on that one. What did you guys think of this release? Bit, bit weird, right? I think it's a nice watch. I like the looks, but I, I wouldn't buy it because of the silver. I would buy it because I like the how it looks, you know? And I think, mo- as you said, most people will probably get it because they like the dial, they like the bezel, not because it's silver. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a fast burner, uh, that, that part of the story. And the, and the price is okay. The price is really good. And if you don't want the 58 black or the blue, you want something interesting and special then you can get this color and by the way it's actually silver but just because it's a silver case i really don't care too much for that and i think people won't either but it's still a nice looking watch i like the gold watch as well but the problem is we've already seen that it was just called a heritage edition and that was bronze but no i think um um, thinking about i think it was last week's podcast where rob and and and, uh, robert john actually discussed the watch as well and i think um to uh, make sure the watch doesn't um uh, I think there's a there's a tarnish there's palladium uh, in the in the alloy, um, to, um, but yeah I, I mean I like the colors um, like you you guys the the taupe color they introduce is really nice it's a nice combination with the silver but um, I have the unfortunate situation as in I need the um, I mean it's thirty nine millimeters as is the fifty eight um, I. Uh, reviewed the 58 the the blue one uh, last year and um the only way i can properly wear it without it looking small is on a bracelet so um yeah that's kind of the thing i I mean i love the looks i would even consider it when it comes to the looks over the over the blue one but well let's be honest it it doesn't look that different from your unimatics right so it doesn't surprise me that you like it right no exactly yeah so and um but yeah for me it's um with the 58 or with i mean this is uh, it has to be it has to be on a bracelet or is it it's a no-go actually hmm. for me yeah i i really i really like the uh the colors though i mean i've seen some pictures of people having it on the wrist and everything and i think it's yeah. pretty sharp you know i i was looking at the um the blue one the other day and the uh the one that came, you know, the original one with the with the aged loom, and I've got to say, the blue one's a really nice looking watch. I don't. I mean, I love what they do. Is that that like you said, they don't use the the aged loom on on this one and on the blue one because it makes it look more crisp and fresh, actually. And um, um, being a guy that prefers black, usually, um, you would think I would go for the for the first version of the fifty eight, but um, I there think you go now. You now he admits it. <laughs> no, but actually, I prefer the blue and the blue version, and this new silver with taupe uh, combination over the the vintage looks of the uh, of the black one. Actually, hmm. so so we've got we're we're still a little bit under an hour, so I'll just ask you guys a question about uh, that article I published earlier this week about the gold uh, Black Bay Fifty Eight. So, what do you guys think? Would you ever seventeen thousand dollars for a Tudor? Yeah, fifteen hundred euro, uh, fifteen thousand euros. I, as I said, I I like it. <clears throat> Excuse me, I like it, but we saw this before, uh-huh. so I I wouldn't. No, I think it's a nice watch. It's re- really nicely done, but I would not get it. 
especially not for 15. We talked about Remember, York? We talked about this when it came out. Yeah. And we were like, ah, how much would be the, the retail price? And then we saw it and like, yeah. No, not for 15, man. You can do much, much better for 15, I think, than that. That's my that's my my answer. I mean, I think this has been discussed online quite a bit, right? Are they moving um, out of their comfort zone by releasing a um, a, a gold watch and um, releasing something that's um, over 10,000? It's way beyond the 10,000 um, uh, euro price mark. Um, a, apart from the looks... Um, I, I mean, I'm not a fan of that green. It's too yellowish. Rob mentioned it as well. It's it's just not a nice. I don't think it's a nice color green. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a wider discussion. Uh, it's a brand discussion. Can can they pull off um, releasing watches that are this expensive? What do you guys think? Um, it, it's a tough sell. I think. I don't think it'll be a high volume um, piece. It'll be a bit of a. It's it's a halo piece, right? And if um, their bigger selling boutiques have one in there, I think it it starts to draw maybe a different level of customer over to looking. And even if they don't buy that, maybe they take a look at the um, at the Black Bay fifty eight, right? So they say, oh, well, Tudor's making fifteen thousand euro watches. Maybe I should look at at the forty five hundred euro one. You know that it. it it may be to the, to those who don't know the brand, especially, and we know that there are people like that. And if they do this with another one or two watches within five years, there will be a whole lot of people who don't know the history and they'll start thinking, Oh, well, this is a higher end brand than, um, than we know it as, which is more of a sports tool, tool watch type company that was, you know, always the affordable Rolex. So I don't think it's a bad move. Uh, it was just, you know, again, a bit curious. And I think that, you know, we always say with the the Rolex and Tudor brands, they come out with some some things that are a little bit of what you want and then some other things. And I was really expecting, because we got that blue Black Bay 58 last year, and that came out, the original one came out the same year as the GMT. I really would have thought they would have added a second color to that. Um, you know, a lot of people thought Coke, I don't know, that's a bit close to what they do. I actually really thought they would come out with like a two-tone root beer type thing because mm-hmm. they could actually play that off. They could actually add a brown dial and get away with it, you know? Yeah. I Which agree. they did in the past, yeah. So, you know, I, I was thinking they were going to go in that direction. So this was this was an interesting move, but yeah, I was who was I chatting with? I don't know, but... I could dig a uh, 18 karat gold Pelagos. That would be pretty nice on a rubber strap. What do you think? Hmm. I wouldn't put gold on rubber, rubber on gold, but you would with a yacht master. Exactly. No, I wouldn't because I wouldn't get the yacht master. Oh, that watch. I like that watch. I really like Mike. I'm with you there. That is a beauty. Not, not, not with the rubber. Pink gold, Jorg, pink gold. Oof. Um, you go I white to- gold? I- no, no, pink gold. Pink gold on the Oyster Flex bracelet is yeah. a. Uh, is Must a be an winner. age thing, you know? Must be an age thing. <laughs> hey, you'll get there one day, buddy. <laughs> I do. <laughs> if I you're so. lucky. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Appreciate <laughs> the good things if in I, life. If I'm going to burn the candle on both ends like I do now, man, whew, I'm telling you. <laughs> 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 Stories I could tell. Yeah. Nah. 
But so, Mike, uh, if you had to choose between the Breitling uh, Premier and the Tudor uh, Black Bay, which one would you go for? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, my heart tells me the Breitling because it's a um, it's just a, a really cool watch, and I like what they did there. I think for you know how I generally live my life, especially these days, probably the Tudor would get more wear. And mm-hmm. like I said, I'm I've. I think I put myself on the waiting list with our friend uh, Alan up in Amsterdam. So, Alan, if you're listening, up in Ace Jewelers, big shout out to you. How incredible you are. Give me a call next week when it comes in. <laughs> it's a, a shout out over one one hour is a, is a very one. <laughs> That's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So, but additional it, question, Mike, would you, would you, would you choose the Breitling with the green dial or would you wait for a different mm, color to come out? question. I, so here, here's the crazy thing, and this is horrible to say, but here I am in South Florida and after two weeks, I'm tan, right? And I think that would look pretty good on tan. I think that watch would look terrible on me if I were stuck in the Northern area where you guys are right now. So <laughs> it, it would all, it would all depend. I mean, I think, I would pro- probably by the time I would get around to checking it out, they would probably have some other dial colors and I'd want to see that on as well. So, but I mean, it would be a, it would be a different kind of look, but yeah, that, that, that dial color, if I thought about like wearing a, if I'm wearing like a, yeah, not so easy to wear with like a dark gray suit or something at a business event, right? Even though it's kind of a dressy watch, it doesn't necessarily go with everything. So, no. And, and that's where you'd probably want to wear a watch like that. Not to say you couldn't wear it day, daily to work, but I think it's it's a tougher color maybe to to make really versatile. I think we're 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 losing Mike uh, York because he was talking about the uh, he was talking about the the cotton candy off air. Now he's talking about a mint uh, green. He's in Florida. He needs to come back. Have you been wrong, guy? Have you been to Miami by any chance? Just looking at <laughs> hey, that's that's where Not I flew beach, in. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next thing you know, he comes in a pink Lamborghini, <laughs> dropped up. Hey, hey, but one, one other one other thing to like come back to the other watch, the Tudor. What, what's funny here, and I don't get this, like that watch is available on leather or this NATO style strap, right? Which sort of like blows me away. They just don't make it available on leather and give you a NATO strap, but. There are people out there I know who want one or the other, but wouldn't buy if like they get a phone call and it comes in on leather and they want the NATO. They're like, nope, I'm not getting it. I mean, really? Oh, I was like, call my man Bala. She knows what to do on uh, in the cases like that. There you go. Beggars can be choosers, man. He knows about straps, right? And but they're the same price as well. It's, yeah, it's, it's silly. It's kind of strange, right? silly i think i mean well you can buy the strap anyways you can go to you know buy it on a nylon and then go and tell the guy oh when he, i want a, a, a surplus when you have a surplus leather just let me know and i want to buy it and that's it like i get who cares i get if it were bracelet or strap right that right. i could get but th- this feels like such a non-difference maker for me but anyhow <laughs> i think it's silly yeah i don't understand that but it's yeah I know people who bought the Speedmaster on a on a leather strap, and then they said, "Oh, it's it's much cheaper than the bracelet, and I don't really like the bracelet, anyways." 
Wasn't it a hundred bucks? Wasn't it a hundred bucks in the past? But we're talking about a certain, certain, you know, people from a certain country. And, uh, uh, yes. And then, and then, and then three months after that, Hey, Valash, can you help me get a bracelet? Why should I get the bracelet? I said, you don't want a bracelet. You bought a leather. Yeah, but then I saw it on the bracelet and I tried somebody's on and now I really like it. 900 there euros you later. <laughs> <laughs> should have spent that 100 bucks up front, right? <laughs> there no. you go. Yeah. Well, I that's think, the thing. Any overall thoughts on Watches and Wonders? I thought it was pretty good. Um, I feel like last year, for some reason, I walked out with during release season with a lot more on my mind. Um, this year I struggle in some cases to recall some of, some of the things that came out. Yeah. So I don't know. I felt like last year there were far more, um, approachable watches and this year. Okay. I know watches and wonders traditionally it is the higher end brand. So maybe that's why we saw what we saw and, Maybe we still have some coming or maybe it's that Seiko already went or I don't know, but it wasn't, it was fine to me. I mean, there was nothing that really was awful, truly, except that AP. I think the AP is bad, but the show was even worse. That's if true. you ask me, that was, Oof, that was terrible Yeah. to, uh, to quote, uh, a legendary basketball player slash Krispy Kreme donut <laughs> spokesperson it was terrible terrible really. <laughs> uh, it was and they're not even at watches and wonders but i'm with you i i think in three weeks nobody's going to talk about this anymore i i have a feeling that we might see something else coming or or it's just gonna you know just gonna disappear in the midst of all those watches from the previous years they were nice pieces we just talked about a lot of them obviously but but it's very hard to relate you know, to a two hundred fifty thousand euro watch, the same way you can relate to a Tudor, for example, or or the Breitling, or or an Oris, or an Omega. And I think this is why it's yeah. It was nice. It was a nice event. I think it was great. Uh, the concierge service uh, was awful. They they couldn't make it happen to change my email address, for example, which is a it's just a very big task in twenty twenty one. I'm still huh? I'm still Stockton Michael there. So, um. <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah, it's. That, but that's yeah. But this is something I guess this is like <laughs> oh, a, an insider joke for us editors because the, the, you know the average users don't uh, have this problem and they don't they don't um, experience this. But yeah, I mean it was nice and and the presentations were were great. It, it's just too bad that everything was online. Hopefully next year we'll be back. I think I think um, I'm sorry, Jorg. I know you didn't go yet, but I I feel like the one thing that was very different about this year is that, I mean, I hate to bring everything back to Rolex, but it always seems like that's where the discussion goes. But the fact that they really didn't release anything truly, you know, that, that people really talked about, yeah? Like, it was an Explorer year, which, okay, the Explorer 2s look identical to what they had before, so there was no change there at all. Um, I mean, just fine, great. But you know, the Explorer going back to 36 millimeters is a non-event for most people. And for a lot of people, it was a disappointing event. So there, there was no GMT or Daytona or sub news or anything like that. And therefore, I think when you have no major news like that, it unfortunately 
casts a bit of a pall on the rest of the show. People are kind of like, okay, you know, nothing fancy from Rolex. I'm moving on to reading about, I don't know, whatever people read about these days. I agree with you. I think Rolex is, is such a big pull for the for this event that um and it was kind of disappointing, I have to be honest with you. Um seeing the uh, two tone bicolor um explorer was very meh. Uh, it's like okay, it doesn't it didn't feel okay to me. I know Gerard actually saw it in the in the metal and he says when you see it actually it's it's a lot better than it looks on the images, but still. Um, and people were talking about dials. I mean, leaves mm-hmm. leaves on dials. Come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's what it's getting to, I wasn't too impressed. I have to be honest. I'm, I was happy uh, when it comes to Rolex that they, the, um, uh, I mean, a couple of weeks ago we talked about the um, the rumors that were flying around that the um, that the Explorer Two would potentially have a ceramic bezel. Happy that didn't happen because totally the agree. look is still, yeah, yeah, the look is still there. But <laughs> I agree with you. I mean. I'm a fan of the um, of the Explorer Two with the black dial, but nothing really changed, did it? I mean, slight differences in the case and the new movements well, and the bracelet. Yeah, they went yeah. from 42 to 42. <laughs> exactly, and I mean, I fully agree with you guys. Um, it's um, you picked. I mean, Mike, you picked two pieces that are actually um, um, uh, the pieces that people will look at because that's the stuff they can afford. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of expensive stuff where um, where you go like, oh yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, it's watch ma- it's uh, watchmaking excellence. But um, what do you go to the to your boutique for to your dealer for? It's um, but that was that's, that was SIHA traditionally, right? It yeah. was always happening in January. You had all these exquisite timepieces, super expensive, beautiful complications, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then after a few weeks, it was the end of January, and already the news started to come out about Baselworld stuff. And then in March, boom, Baselworld hits yeah. with a thousand brands. And now it's just it's just different because there's no Baselworld. Some of the brands that were at Baselworld, like Rolex, like Patek, like uh, Oris, they are at Watches and Wonders, like many of the 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 independents, although they are often at both. So the thing is, nothing's gonna come this year i mean i'm sure a lot of releases will come separately but there's no big event that's going to come and and uh, fill the void that 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 is there because of all these affordable pieces or people wanting to get affordable pieces so i think i think um you know probably rolex excluded unless they do an off cycle again um we'll see a lot more dial color releases throughout the year i think breitling you know, started doing a lot more of that a couple of years ago, you know, every few months coming out with something. And they've been pretty clear on it. They think they need to keep doing that in order to keep people's attention. Um, okay, the downside is that it sort of feeds what's going on today, or at least just subscribes to what's going on today, which is we take a look at something new, and then we forget about it in a week, and we're already looking for the next thing, unless it was like truly notable, and we placed our order for it right away. Um, and therefore, I think we'll see a lot more of these brands coming out with different colors every couple few months. You know, mm. I, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, um, but that's a safe you know, move, just, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, more it green. is. Yeah, yeah, or green, green, right? And I don't know if they're going to do <laughs> Geneva Watch Days again this year, but there are a couple brands there that showed a few new things, and I wonder if that will be the sort of four months from now place where they release things again if if the world is open again which it should be but 
I think those brands are out of ammo for this year. I'm pretty sure that they've, but we'll see. Yeah. It, it, and so, you know, what, one last thing, you know, me being down here in Florida, which is, you know, it, it's a different world down here. Um, you know, you have a massive uh, influx of people from up north, you know, have obviously came, come down to take advantage of the weather. You know, those states were more closed than here. Uh, I have to tell you guys, like, I've never seen anything like the cars down here than this year. I was like sitting outside eating something the other day, and I bet you England couldn't even um, say this, but it was like a Rolls Royce, a Land Rover, and a Bentley, all three in a row. And uh, I don't think you have like three English cars in a row in London anymore. And yet here it was in uh, South <laughs> Florida and the Lamborghinis and everything, like they're just everywhere. So the watch sales are massive right now. Um, I don't know. I think these companies are doing pretty well in markets like this. Um, clearly people are spending money on stuff like that if they're not traveling, those who have it. But it's it's a surprising yeah thing i would say very surprising considering that there are big parts of the world right now that are either closed or clearly there are people wondering about you know whether they're gonna have a job in a month so it's crazy so i i don't know you say out of ammo balash i don't know how out of ammo they are for markets like this no what i mean is those brands that you that were at geneva watch days last year Mm. i don't think they have crazy uh releases for this year you know because most of them already presented a lot of stuff uh, at Watches and Wonders. This is what I meant. Like, I don't think there's a lot of new watches coming from those brands, a lot of new models coming from those brands in 2021. But we will see. Because I think this, obviously, a watch that you see this year coming out, it's it's been in the pipeline for years, right? It's not, we all know that it takes years and years. So maybe what, what happened last year kind of, you know, put a, put a hold to many projects as they try to re- um restart this year so we will see um i guess time will tell in a few months we're already in april guys i guess we'll see a lot we'll we'll see more collaborations and stuff throughout the year too that kind of stuff as well probably with you know the big jewelry store chains and and those kinds of things so yeah fertile watches fertile watches gentlemen i have to tell you um i'd love to keep talking to you but i need to go out and enjoy the sun right now my god <laughs> Wait, let me let me mute him. I can I can I can do the sign off. <laughs> the Floridian out. Oh man, I'm gonna walk Florida to the fridge and, and, and pop open a beer, Mike, uh, and then say cheers to you. <laughs> I think he'll say something else to me. <laughs> Have a great weekend, and uh, it's good to get together here. And yeah, hopefully we'll maybe we'll do this again before I jet out of here. So sure, yes, sir. So. With that, if you've got any uh, ideas for future show topics, don't hesitate to reach out to us. And with that, Mike is out. Balash is out. Yoke is out. Yoke is out.